0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Christopher Rini. He joins us via Skype from his studio in New York. We talk Queens Towny syndrome, uh, also known as quats, I believe. Uh, jazz, physical versus digital, obscure medium, soul-searching, meditation, patience, goals, jury duty, status quos, MMA... Vitor and Anderson, Nick the Tooth, and Movement. Um, so as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast. You'll get all the information about each guest and what we talked about. You can click on the iTunes link over there and subscribe in iTunes. You can leave a review, a comment, uh, some stars, and some whatever else you want to do over on the iTunes. You can listen to my show directly through my website uh, at Mike Maxwell, not at, but Mike Maxwell uh, Click on the podcast again; you'll see the option to listen to each episode. There, you could do that, or you could do the Stitcher app. Um, and there's a couple other like FM apps, like a bunch of a bunch of different apps that you could listen to podcasts that are that have RSS feeds. Um, so just search "Live Free Podcasts" Mike Maxwell. In any of those and you'll, you'll be able to get the show. Make sure you follow producer Lex at producer Lex on Twitter and, uh, the like page on Facebook, go like the podcast like page, Begin get a bunch of extra likes over there. It's nice. Thanks. Appreciate that. But let's go get a bunch of likes on there. It's crazy. I have no idea actually how to connect to more people. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm doing everything that I possibly can to get the information out to people. And it's just a matter of waiting, I guess. Um, so if you like the show and you're not already a like, liker on the pod, on the Facebook, go do that. Um, you can donate to the show if you're interested, MikeMaxwell.com. Click on the podcast, hit the PayPal link uh, over there. It's a little PayPal icon. You can drop some money on the show. And uh, also we have the, I think... Yeah, tomorrow, th- th- today, the day this episode goes up, will be the final day for pre sales on the Marcelo Macedo t shirt. And we're just about out of the um, podcast logo t shirt. I'll try to order some more of those. If you're interested in getting one, just send me an email info at mikemaxwellart.com. If we don't have your size, hit me up and let me know. And, uh, I'll do my best to get all those things out for you. Make sure you pre-order. If I put up a pre-order, do the pre-order. It's the best way to make sure that you get your size and make sure you get one. Otherwise, I print really small runs. I basically print what's ordered to a certain extent with a few over. So uh, make sure you go do that. And, of course, if there's anything that you'd like that isn't available anymore, hit me up and we'll see what we can do about getting uh, some backorder stuff up. So with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... Mr. Christopher (music) Ring. Mr. Lex, we are back. Yep. Another episode of the Live Free Podcast. It's, um, I think we're looking at 123 here.
1: Yeah. It's
0: crazy. Dude, huh? it is. When you know, did you get on the pod? I mean, we were doing the the double shows cuz you also do We should plug your show. We never really plug your show. That's kind of lame that you also do another show. Yeah,
1: I do Wisecast.
0: Called the Wisecast with Carl, which we've done the double episodes where yeah, yeah. we uh we both post the same show. Well,
1: see when I when you do the whole like Twitter thing, I put both of ours together so there's like yeah. there's both links. Um, just got
0: some retweets on the last one from some of the listeners yeah that was
1: kind of weird and you know it's well it's awesome not weird yeah just used to no one like we appreciate the retweets yes and what's cool now my instagram feed is not like it's now like compiled of like more and more artists yeah it's kind of cool instead of like seeing people like here's my food well you
0: know what i was just thinking that yesterday like if I didn't have art to post, what the fuck would I be posting? Like sure. would it be my food and like selfies of myself? Like that's what it that's what it co- breaks down to like when you're not like when it's not a part of your business.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, mine is it's my dogs uh stuff I post at the gym. My, yeah. Stuff at the gym and yeah. me making fun of people posting selfies and shit. Yeah, which there's no
0: rules. There's yeah. no social media rules that say you have to post. You could post whatever you want. Yeah. I get bummed when people post the, like hypergraphic stuff just cuz you don't have the choice. Like if it was if, if it wasn't thumbnails and it just was like a like a link, mm-hmm. I would feel more comfortable about it. I'm not trying to censor anyone, but a lot of times when that shit pops up, I I hide that shit. And yeah. if a bunch comes up, I just hide the people. Yeah. I'm, I I want to go and look and see how many people I've hid. <laughs> and I want to know how many people have hid me cuz I I know for sure it has why do i care i don't care just kidding <laughs> i don't care no it's funny so man. um it's thursday today what uh, we didn't do a show last week no we took, took a, a week, week off. off um i'm back in training i'm a little less nasal i've been nice. listening to the episodes from a few like three weeks ago yeah and i'm <laughs> super fucking nasal that <laughs> that awful flu fucking hitting everybody you got the keith sweat version of your voice
1: yeah exactly
0: my fucking <laughs> wrist is still jacked up but i'm training nice um went up to shoya roll recently and got fucked up by some brown belts and like world-class winning major nice. competition brown belts um learned a choke from michael liara jr which i for people who don't follow jiu-jitsu even people who follow or who do jiu-jitsu don't know oh who like is? the sport it's like uh, the sport of it but um Learned a new choke from him, mm-hmm. and uh, I've hit it a couple times now in training, nice. so that's good. Uh, feeling getting back in shape, but I was super tired last night, man. It was bad, and I'm feeling it today. Like I don't, like I felt like I needed to take a shit the whole time. It sucked, <laughs> yeah. or puke. One of the two. Like one of the two things is going to happen. But
1: I, I kept it together. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Muay Thai class tomorrow, and I'm kind of dreading it because I've been out for a week because of. Uh, Little situation with my dogs, have got an altercation. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just like, fuck, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked that day. Yeah. And I'm it, going on, well, and I'm purposely going on a sparring day.
0: No, that's good. <laughs> just throw yourself right into the fire. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna train tonight. Um, and that sort of leads into our guest today, uh, Mr. Chris Reaney. He illustrates stuff for, um, Vice for Fightland yeah. for Vice, uh, he does all like MMA, UFC, Pride illustrations. Nice. Um, so we'll get into all of that here shortly. Um, what else is going on? My uh, my show. I sent all the stuff out to Nashville. I'm not going to be out there, but I'm going to try to Skype in for the show. Nice. The work should be landing any moment now. I think. Um, so that's good. We might uh, we might take the show on the road. We're trying to do an episode with Mike Giant. I'm supposed to get tattooed. Nice. And uh, we're trying to do uh, an episode in L.A. on the road. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So hopefully that will be coming up here soon. So uh, let's just jump right into this thing. Give Chris a call. You down?
1: I'm down. Let's do All this. Right.
0: Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good, man. Christopher Reney. How are you? doing great it's good to have you on the show i want to um first thank you for for taking the time to shoot the shit with us
2: oh no problem man my pleasure
0: i've uh i've been following your stuff now i guess for about the past year maybe uh i've been seeing your stuff um Mm -hmm. you do a lot of mma illustrations in a very unique way um i i assume i i found out about it i feel like i you know how I found out about it, actually, now that I think about it? Is um, Ed Soares from Black House retweeted something that you had done.
2: Okay. Maybe, Maybe it was uh, Anderson Silva, Forest Griffin Animation?
0: Yeah, most likely. Because I know you do a lot of Anderson Silva illustrations. I know he pops up in, in, in a number of the things you've done. Um, but before we get into all that, let's let's jump back and talk about sort of where you came from, how you got to, to where you're at now. Um, did you, you're in New York. Did you grow up? Yes. On the East Coast?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up mostly in Queens. And yeah, th- I've been in Manhattan for, for about 11 years. So I don't, I don't move around much.
0: <laughs> well, do you find like, so I'm in San Diego. So there's, de- I, and I'm born and raised here. So it seems like New York is one of those places that a lot of people go to but yet there's still it's very generational there is it do you notice the difference between the people who move there and maybe live there for a decade or the people compared to like the people who have grown up there is there a difference
2: oh yeah well there's there's a certain you know person who moves here and makes the city really an exciting place and that's you know even though i um from here i still had to make the leap to go from queens to manhattan
0: yeah sure you know?
2: and it is it's a different thing like there's a a little joke amongst my friends from say high school that it's called quats you know it's a disease it's called queens towny syndrome where you just you can't <laughs> you can't escape so and so is, that, does
0: that come out of like a love for for the place
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's kind of like a sigh of pride. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, but, you know, any, any town, big or small, has the people who just never leave their hometown. And the only difference is that when you're in New York, you know, uh, it's like the mecca for so many people, whether they're, you know, uh, law, finance, or culture. You know those are, those are huge. And you come here. You come here to make your to make your mark in the world. And I I do think that it, I was a conscious decision on my part to to leave a certain area, even though it was very close physically, yeah. and geographically.
0: And does that does is that sort of dictated by business, like what you need to do to be able to make a living or be involved in a particular community?
2: Well. For me, I uh, when it came time to go to college, I felt like it would be foolish of me to go anywhere else. You know, this is this is it. This is where it, I went to art school. That's that's what I should say. So I felt like it was smart for me to stay here in the city. And you know, we have a really good state and city uh, college system. And I went through that. And you know, I, I lived at home with my parents, and I commuted. And it was you know not the greatest, but I. kept the debt low and I was always a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I was smart enough to know that I'm into art. I don't really have any idea how I'm gonna make money at this, but this is what I'm I'm about, so let me not let me not dig a hole yet.
0: So were you were have you been making stuff your whole life, like right from the get
2: go? Yeah, yeah. I mean for better or for worse let's just say it's the only thing i'm really good at
0: yeah that's a that's a commonality <laughs>
2: yeah yeah well was but, do you remember
0: like a tipping point where you decided like this was what you wanted to focus your time on or you know like this comes up a lot like when people have an opportunity to see that making art for a living is a possibility do you remember mm-hmm. like a moment in time was it
2: well it was uh... let's say there's a couple of them in life yeah. and i don't know that there's a single one uh, you know there's the decision to go to college at all and then to decide you're gonna focus on art and then actually when i got out of college i was in a band and i decided to stop making art and to just focus on that i ended up playing with uh, with this band for eleven years and that was really a great experience you know when i got out of art school i, I knew that i was you know for better or worse, uh, like an angry 20 something with not a lot of power, and not a lot of drive. I mean, I had drive, but not a lot of focus. And I knew that by playing music, I was very happy. And I felt like I was doing things that made other people happy. So it was easy to make that decision and stick with those guys. And I'm still great friends with them today. So I, I felt like it was a good decision. And then when I hit about maybe 27 or 28 years old, I had some, yeah, I had like a stumbling block in my life. And I took a little time off. I decided to not work and just live off some money I had saved up. Yeah. And, I just started, and I decided to paint again. And that's, that, that really got the ball rolling. So I probably painted for about three years. And then I came across uh, this woodworking stuff that I've been doing now, which is what you're more familiar with.
0: Right. And so you you're originally came from a painting background, right? Like yeah uh, and painting drawing. i I guess that's pretty stereotypical, I mean for the available yeah. uh materials for a young person to to get yeah. a hold of,
2: yeah, I enjoyed sculpture a lot, but I really didn't see uh it seemed like a real impractical focus, yeah, what did you, you play know? in the band uh guitar and keyboards, yeah, just like I just did a lot of things all the time what
0: uh, what type of music was it
2: all instrumental uh kind of. Prog, post rock, metal, oh, stuff nice. like
0: that. We were just having a discussion about improvisational jazz. I actually, just tweeted today that uh, I think improvisational jazz is trippy, comma, and I'm getting old, <laughs> which is <laughs> really it's weird to relate to it now. We kind of we had this discussion a little earlier. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
2: Any uh, any particular uh, era that you're a fan of?
0: Well, I have no idea. Like, I just started listening to the low, It's like a PBS jazz station here in San Diego. <laughs> Which okay, I, <clears throat> I assume is like a multi-city jazz station. It's probably in all the PBS stations, um, right? I was listening last night uh, on my drive to go get weed and just trying to be calm and not be angry in the car, uh-huh. and and every time I just put it eighty-eight point three. And last night, oh, nice. like there's a dude that's on that does a late night show, and it's funny. All the DJs all have that same sounding voice, <laughs> but he played all this with like really trippy. Uh, like psychedelic versions of improvisational jazz. Like there was one song that it was pretty much noise. It was, right. a, it was a bunch of noises together that didn't really seem to go together. And mm-hmm. it, cre- but it all together it created a vibration, which is something producer Lex and I. Producer Lex is also a musician, so this, oh, okay. these sort of things come up in the transition of musician and artist. Uh, I think the.
1: Wh- the fact that you're getting older and you're stumbling onto this is that you want th- this improvisational jazz or just imp- improvision all together, like, you know, in progression or progressive music in general, is that you want that calm stuff, you want that aggression, you want, like, all these uh, And elements, they're all in there, right? They're all in one song, and so it's perfect. You want yeah, a variety. Yeah. That's and,
0: something I've yeah. never thought about ever. Like, it, if I heard it, 10 years ago, I'd be like, this is like hotel lobby music. Like yeah. somebody's dad, I'm sitting in somebody's dad's car while they're driving us to
1: a party or something yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know? It's funny. It was like when you get into like the, I think it's like in jazz, I think it's like every fourth bar, like every fourth bar, there's a change, a tempo change and like one single instrument and everything else is the same and like it blows your mind. You're just like, what? And no one else notices it unless you're like really into like that type of music yeah but, i would have uh, never guessed I, m- I remember i used to make fun of those people when i was younger and now i'm just like i just turned into one of them yeah they were yeah. ahead of the time it
0: happens right
1: yeah
2: yeah, yeah it totally does, it does.
0: so <laughs> is, is that sort of along the lines of what you were getting into like in ter- was it sort of like psychedelic uh
2: a little bit i mean because it was uh you know, eleven years. You you go through many many stages. Yeah, sure. And uh, in the early days, it was super tightly composed, more like yes or Frank Zappa. huh. And then uh, you know, certain members leave and new ones come in, and they kind of add a new element. Uh, so, you know, I was the youngest guy in the band, and then uh, you know, my drummer was and bassist were older than me, and you know, they they kind of turned me on to different things and added that element and then as the band got older we took on this young guy who was uh, like a real prodigy type kid uh-huh. he was really into, you know the Dillinger escape plan? Fuck
0: those guys that are just fucking oh, naturals man. out of the gate I want to smack yeah, like all so, of them in the so mouth he
2: was, he was all into that stuff and it really uh, breathed new life into us and uh-huh. we started exploring different styles of uh, let's say harmony and and rhythm and things like that so that was cool i mean we probably spent a solid year just improvising that was really exciting and awesome and we did uh let's say the the core we did three albums you know one with the the super tightly composed thing one with the stripped down three piece and one with a huge five piece it was i was each one was really a great experience
0: so let me ask you this now being in i I guess I could classify you in the commercial illustration realm, at least on some extent. Uh, oh, yeah. Journalistically.
2: Yeah, I, I consider myself uh, half fine art, half uh, commercial art. Because- so those are two
0: very different things from being in a band, right? Like working creatively with a group of people. I Obviously, I don't know the specific dynamics, but a lot of times, you know, it's multiple people working very, together to create a single very thing. Very collaborative. You know, yeah. well, you see that in illustration, however the making of art is very singular it's usually one person sitting in a room working on something for a very long time which you have <laughs> you have one of your pieces in the background and it's crazy yeah. to see it all together <laughs> as as one thing you've done a, a, um, yeah. some animations
2: the stop motion that's, that's the Anderson Silva animation that Ed Soros tweeted out
0: yeah that's pretty it's, serious
2: yeah it's like 4 feet tall and 6 feet wide and that but seriously that is you know it very much crystallizes the idea of straddling those two uh, sides of the art world mm-hmm. because what you saw and what the greater you know MMA and internet and audience sees is you could say commercial art it's the the gif you know the uh-huh. but for me uh I I still think I'm a fine artist first and foremost and at the end of the day there's a piece of fine art behind me with like a multi-layered story where I took a video from the digital world I extracted it, turned it into for lack of a better word physical object, analog and even though it can only be digested digitally there's this like remnant of it which is now a piece of fine art it, it is something else I, yeah. so I, I like that you know I mean you know with the band I play different instruments with this stuff I can It's it can never be just one thing yeah, and it has to be sure. really multi-layered I think at this point
0: which seems to be the creative type sort of personality that there's multiple things that need to be going on
2: yeah I mean it was a it was a major leap for me to pick a theme at all and decide that that's what I was going to focus on and uh, it took a quite a quite a long time and a lot of uh serious um I I don't know what the word is, maybe self reflection to settle yeah. on mixed martial arts.
0: Yeah, that's that interesting. Is. I think something that I wanted to point out was with it you brought up about having the physical item. This is something we talk about on the show quite a bit is actually having physical objects instead of just the digital versions of things. And there's yeah. this sort of very uh analog maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a an audio term yeah, analog version course. to what you do and i yeah. think i i feel the same about me like i do a lot of digital stuff but everything always starts by something handmade and so right. it's interesting to see <clears throat> how many how important it is for a lot of artists who also get into the digital and commercial world to still make those handmade things and it gives me hope like not that there's anything wrong with all digital-made things, like they look awesome all the time. Like lots of stuff looks dope. Yeah, but to have a physical object and then to be able to like digest it, like right now, be, you know. So if you watch the GIF on on Vice or on Fightland of the illustration that's behind you, which right. um, we'll post the photo when the when the episode goes up that week, we'll post the photo of this up. Oh, thank um, you. It's huge, but you look at it on the video and you think it's just like. A ti- obviously you, for somebody who knows illustration and drawing you know it can't be like a tiny thumbnail but right, right. in the like digital world how our brain digests it that's sort of how it ends up like it seems like like the, it gets lost in translation right right
2: it does it does i mean i'm really into i mean you know i at a certain level i would just be making i, I would live in this not the stone age but Close enough. You know, I, <laughs> I, I have a printing press. You know, I, I would love to just you know be making etchings and stuff like that. You know, I, there's, I mean, it's I don't particularly enjoy uh, working on the computer myself. You know, it's just not my. Uh, it's not fun, right? No, not really, not really. So, uh, I I can't knock people who do it, but it's just not. There's something lacking for me. You know, the idea that this digital, like, the the finished piece of work can, has to exist on with this, uh, on this machine, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, there's, like, a piece of art that, like, can stand, a, literally stand on its own, and know, I'm, a, fl- I'm into that. I'm a museum guy more than anything else. Yeah. On the flip side of that,
0: too, like, I just got the new t-shirts in, and... To see something that was created almost, I mean, I hand drew some of it, but it's mostly digital. Like, once uh-huh. it's, you know, put into Vector Magic and Illustrator and all the shit, like, eventually it's digital. But once it right. goes back into the physical object in its new form, whether it be a t shirt or a design on some sort of product or a poster that you sell or whatever, like, right. it becomes an object again. And it ha- it has a- another intrinsic value that's different from that digital form somehow. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. The- it always looks nicer in real life. It's like the computer can't right. really make it look like how our eyes see something in real life.
2: Right, right. There's something like uh, frozen in time about it. Whereas uh-huh. you know, like you know, like you said with the shirt. I mean. You'll wear it, you'll wash it, and it'll it'll change as time goes by. But it'll take on the, you know, li- you know, the memories of what you were doing when you were wearing it, or just the physical act of owning it for a long time will cause it to, you know, its its physical uh, construction will change with time, and that's a there's something appealing about that. It's why you love your old hat or your old whatever. I have a oh, Beastie Boys oh.
0: shirt. Uh-huh. Uh, the aba uh with the little basketball hoop logo on it right. uh-huh. that is literally almost just like the bare threads and yeah. I, i'm not gonna throw the shirt away until it just falls to dust like yeah it, I'm, i'll it. wear it forever it. i think i've yeah. had it for about like 15 years probably Damn. the <laughs> longest shirt i've been wearing and i wear it a lot but it's wow. fucking the best so let's talk about how um you sort of, how you transition into the work that you do from a more traditional form, you know. We've had some artists on the show recently, um, like Erin M. Riley, who does tapestries of um, girls sending selfies, like sex oh, to good. dudes. And good. she just know? moved to New York, actually, um, from Philly. Super mm-hmm. rad artist. And we also had um, Ben Venemon, who makes uh, quilts out of old, okay. like, rock t-shirts.
2: Oh, I've I've seen his work. He, super rad. Did he rad. do a, a Viking ship? Or possibly, no, think
0: so. he's done a lot of. I, I he's done a lot of stuff. I'm not sure. Okay,
2: I've I've definitely seen some work like
0: that. Yeah, you know? he's super red. So you're another one of these guys who I I I could easily see getting into the sort of like fine art painting world. Like I I just I'll I'll I just classify everything as painting just because I'm. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's time. fine. Uh, but I, but coming from a sort of different technique, you're using wood burning and some carving and stains. I, I, the stain part, I, I know I I was looking, you do, you're doing some more painterly style things, uh, Mm -hmm. recently, or at least in the last year, like more colorful full color as opposed to the wood burn illustrations. But maybe we could talk about the wood burning first and then sort of Mm -hmm. into that. What, what made you transition from just maybe drawing, or painting to wanting to carve or burn into wood
2: uh, i mean they were, that was really born out of necessity uh i the always, mother of all invention i love it that's right um i i had just been uh burnt uh staining wood and i was using like uh ink to just mark off my delineations and uh I only had about seven colors, and they were all different shades of brown, from yeah. reddish brown to greenish <laughs> brown to yellowish brown. But I came away with some good stuff, and, and I could use, like, a Sharpie to make, like, a red red ink drawing, and then I could have another contrasting color. And then I started experimenting, trying to find more more colors, more options, and I found out about these dyes that I could use, and they were so thin that I would touch the wood and they would sink right into the wood grain itself and then just trail out into the whole thing and yeah. you know, I I couldn't I couldn't do a thing you yeah know? They, would, they and they were based in denatured alcohol so they would just melt the ink right off the wood it was a, <laughs> I mean it was I still I have one of the pieces still I keep it just to kind of remind myself how. You know, this is this is it. This is like you experiment and you just destroy things sometimes and it's really funny it's really it's kind of a uh, endearing in a way. So anyway, I tried lots of different things. I'm sorry I'm rambling a little. Uh,
0: uh, I think it's uh the audio oh. just got weird. There now it's back. It sounded like okay. uh, it sounded like when a, like a like a hose breaks in a movie and all the steam is flying out of the hose. Oh, oh so sounded, that's my yeah. ride.
2: That's my radiator. Oh nice. <laughs> oh, okay. In an old building. Uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. an old building. <laughs> um, so yeah, so
0: you, so you're working with these stains. It's funny, like that's for me, I did the same sort of soul search for an ink mixture that I wanted in a particular way for doing like real fine line outlining. Right. And it takes finding all those fucked up materials that don't work to yep. re- it almost seems like you you earn it by doing all the fucked up shit like oh, yeah ruining yeah. a bunch of shit
2: yeah yeah and i've been inside of like you know half the hardware stores in manhattan you know <laughs> i've just like you know it's one of those things where you're like out and about doing something and you see one you're like all right i'll just walk in there and ask them what they have and mm-hmm. fi- finally after about two years uh somebody Pointed me to a certain place, and bang! I found exactly what I was looking for. That's the Best, and, and it's cool because I had already had access to all the colors that I really wanted, but now I have them in. Uh, I can I can buy just the pigment, oh. and mix, I can mix it myself, and I can mix it with water. These are you know I, I don't want to kill myself too too soon you know yeah, I don't want to yeah. po- poison myself to, you yeah. know. I've I've definitely I once you know just knocked myself out of commission working with something toxic and not, not having good ventilation really? and just like like just like realizing that my I had a splitting headache and have to pack up my shit and lay down and go to sleep because I was just out of commission you know yeah and I just never want to do stuff like that. Um, I've been having
0: some hard times with spray paint and varnish because I use oh, a spray varnish oh yeah yeah. Some I hold my breath for as long as I can and then I realize Man. that I'm just breathing... like. When the sun comes into the area that I spray, I could see the, all the mist in the air. I'm like, yes, I am for sure inhaling all of that.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. I have a the the HEPA filter mask. I mean, you know what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, probably just. Anyway. Well, yeah, there's so much fucking toxic shit out there. Anyway, it's funny. Yeah. Like I try, I worry about it, and then mm-hmm. I I can't. I just
2: can't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what the key is got to pick your battles (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know you got to say i'm i'm definitely gonna lose this one and that one and just accept it (laughs) so uh so
0: you mentioned earlier you choose you decide to choose mma as like a focal subject matter on mm -hmm. the work that you're making what what brought that on
2: uh this well i I mean, I got divorced a couple of years ago, and I just got to kind of put my life back together. And I went on this uh, meditation retreat where you basically are, live like a monk for ten days. You you know you don't uh, you don't make eye contact. You don't talk to anyone. You meditate ten hours a day. It's you, you yeah yeah. It's torture. It's really torture. <laughs> wow. And do you yeah. meditate
0: every day? or no. <laughs> did you at the no. time or you just went no. for you just did something no, totally just, out of the blue
2: Well, I mean, to a I went the yoga center. I, I did yoga a lot for uh-huh. a while. I mean, it, I, it's not unfamiliar to me. Right. Uh, but but this was like, you know, yeah, but at the end of day 1, I meditated more in one day than I did the previous 32 years of my life. Right. <laughs> so So what
0: happens at like hour 9?
2: Nothing. <laughs> nothing Nothing. but but the good thing is that I find that when I I have done some meditation and when I do I tend to have good ideas I tend to have good really long complex art ideas you know and I had a couple you know I had a really good idea for a graphic novel and I was like all right that's cool and then maybe about three or four days in it hit me. I thought about, you know, the, the rivalry between uh, Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar and how just, like, over the top the both of those guys are visually, the way they beat each other. And then I thought about, you know, uh, Cooperstown, uh-huh. the boy the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Yeah. It's really famous for uh, those bronze plaques. You know, like when right. you make your make it to the Hall of Fame, you get a plaque. Of your, of your face you know that's the signal that's how like a, a cultural signifier that this person has made an impact on the sport that deserves to be memorialized forever for however right, long. Yeah. and I thought to myself you know um, I can do that I can do that I can make that in wood and I can make it for MMA you know and just from there it was like okay you, you know like it's the opportunity is there I mean I'm a fine artist. I love the figure. I love making figurative work. And I feel like when you are a fine artist, you need, you really need a context for doing, uh, the figure because it's been done for thousands and thousands (laughs) of years. It's the oldest subject ever. And it's almost, it's almost, uh, arrogant to think that, you, you know, Well, I'm a figurative painter. I just, I just make people in poses and, it's relevant, but right. once I had a context, it was it was almost uh, no. Of course, that's what I would do. Is you know the figure. You know? Right. So it was really a great. It was a great leap. It was a great insight and a great opportunity to to. And then I came home and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and I'm gonna do it for. I think I set a goal of doing it for like six months, uh-huh. and, and, and then I would start promoting it and launching it. And that, it's funny that you say that you've been seeing my stuff for about a year. Cause that's about a year ago is when I started promoting it. Yeah. You know?
3: it, was,
2: it was really, uh, you know, I, I took a lot, I, I took my, I took my time. That's the best way to put it. You know?
0: Yeah. That, that's kind of wise. I guess, do you feel like you were able to make those decisions after sort of going through some shit in your late twenties, like dealing with some shit? And being oh, able yeah. to be a little bit more mindful of what you're doing.
2: Oh, without a doubt, you definitely. Uh, I feel like uh, you know, as a musician, I made all those youthful mistakes. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, when you're when and then when you're on your own, you you have it's a different way of approaching the world. Like you said, it's not a collaborative thing. You just spend a lot of time by yourself. But I don't think I had the strength, or the patience, or the maturity to spend. The raw number of hours that I do by myself now. You know, when you're young, you want to be around your friends. Yeah, right. Enjoy yourself, and uh, you know, I, I like it. When I was with them, I had a focus, and that, but now I can be, have a focus on my own. I, I have a very, uh, you know, I, I have like real goals that I'm trying to achieve, and yeah. it's it's easy to to delay any um, gratification. or whatever because i i know what my bigger my bigger goals are do you write them down no they're pretty easy to vocalize i mean i want to i want to do the i want to make the the plaques for the mma hall of fame whenever it exists and i want to be able to have a family and support them as an artist right you know that was one of the hardest things i had to confront is that I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be able to get married again or have a kid or do anything. You know, there's certain practical things that you need that I really didn't feel like I could provide. So, and you know what?
0: I was just talking to the wifey about this today. Like, we never know what's going to happen. Like, I was just thinking back, like, just a few years ago, I had a studio in, like, right on the cove down here in San Diego. And I was thinking, like, if you told me now, like, if that didn't happen, if you told me now, if future me is going to have a studio in this particular, like, rich area, yeah. I would be like, fuck you. That's not going to happen. You're a dumbass. I, but I, if I think back, look, it's already happened. Like, it's been passed. And I, I was just thinking about it, like, running through my head, like, the moment. I was like, mm-hmm. you never know what's actually going to happen. And it's funny. We just sure. uh, we recorded this uh, video with Jack Kerouac reading from... Um, on the road and visions of Cody. And Uh he says something to the effect of nobody knows what's ever, what's going to happen to anybody. And it's true. Like we could, we, it's funny. Like we could try to plan for things. Yeah. And the reality is, is that what usually happens is not the plan. Maybe some sort of version of it, maybe some sort of offshoot of it, but there's really no control. Like you can't control it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we, we try though.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's almost not worth... Uh, it's like, you, you can steer the ship as best. Just steer it as best you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know? go with the rhythm of the fucking ocean or whatever.
2: I, I, was, I was giving this advice to people at one point where I said that I was just trying to make good decisions because I think a lot of us, for the most part, are capable of recognizing that. Yeah. We're capable of knowing that what I'm doing is, this is smart. This is a good thing to do. And oftentimes it's like, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And they know it must be a great decision. you know? It makes me I, it's
0: so funny that you bring that up because I've been trying to work on the George Costanza way of life of making decisions. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, <laughs> so sure. I actually do the opposite of the decision that I want to do. So yeah, yep. lately it's it's mostly revolved around getting frustrated at, at dumbass people who are inconsiderate of others. I have a real problem with getting angry, like road rage, or just like somebody I, being disrespectful to somebody or somebody just being uh so egotistical that they don't know that other people exist around them. Yep. So now I'm I'm doing this thing where if I see that thing happening, like let's say somebody cuts me off, I say i'm not mad that this person just cut me off and even though i know that i'm mad yeah, i yeah. say it that i'm not <laughs> to trick the brain and it yeah. actually has a little bit of an effect like i yeah i giggle at the fact that i'm uh saying I'm playing a game
1: <laughs>
2: exactly
0: <laughs> with my own stupid brain but yeah. i've really been yeah. trying to do that like george costanza my decisions lately
2: yeah yeah i totally understand man i I'm really trying to like get back on the meditation train it really do- I know it helps you know I'll tell you can I tell you a funny story the, yeah, day, please. the day after I got back from the meditation retreat I am just like psh, like nothing can phase me I'm totally <laughs> I'm like totally on the level like so uh, I was smart enough to take a, a day like say I came back on a Sunday and I took that Monday off I was going right. to go to work on Tuesday so you know I come back on Sunday great go to sleep, wake up on Monday. I'm feeling good. I look on my fridge and I, I think to myself, didn't I have jury duty coming up? And I look at <laughs> my fridge and I'm like, hmm, I'm, uh, I'm 30 minutes late already, you know? So yeah, what the fuck, right? So I just put on some nice clothes and I think I might have quickly shaved and, you know, hop on the train you know, get down to the courthouses. I gotta I, I grab a hot dog. Or, uh, I should be a hot dog, <laughs> just you know, make sure I'm right. itchy, you know, feeling good. <laughs> you know, I'll go up to the whatever, what floor it was in the court building and I find the room that I'm supposed to be in and there's a, you know, the cops there, and I was like, hey, I, got to, I got to go in here. And he's like, Oh man, they started a long time ago without you. I was like, That's all right. I, <laughs> I, happen, I happen to have been there like three weeks previous because it was grand jury selection. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you ever had to do that, but essentially, they're going to get you sooner or later. You know, yeah. you could decline and they just call you three weeks or three months later. And So this is my second time there. So I walk in the door, and they're like, you know Radagast Riley Rini I'm like decline and I just I was done I was done in like 12 minutes I like walked in the door I was like no thanks and I just I was. they were like alright we got enough people see you later and they let you <laughs> that out that was it let, let me out it was hilarious I missed like three hours of preliminary introductions and all that other stuff
0: and that shit just, is crazy man like i've oh, talked good. about it on the show like how fucking vocal people get like so i've only done i've only been in like a minor case like somebody threatening somebody the mm-hmm. people that gave up their secrets to a room full of people so like in that beginning section they'll ask people if they've ever committed a felony because you're not Bye. supposed to get jury duty if you've been a felon they That's ask right. like have you been arrested for anything like they go around the whole room and ask all these questions and all yeah. these people just start spilling their guts yeah because yeah. Yeah, yeah. because they're <laughs> in a room where they sense a uh, fear out of superiority 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 uh-huh. uh, I can't say that word
1: superiority Be- superiority Be- is, there we go
0: <laughs> I don't my tongue doesn't want to actually say the word I know the word but like so they they're fucking afraid of uh, superiority. There we go. There, Just had right, to move right. it. My tongue doesn't fit in my stupid fucking skinny mouth. And <laughs> all these people were like, like the one guy admitted to like beating a kid, like an underage kid. One lady Damn. was like, half the room had DUIs. It's right. amazing how many people have DUIs. That must yeah. make, ma- it makes so much money for the state. Just a DU- oh, yeah. and DUI money. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, that whole, the whole fucking court Scam. Dude, it's, like, it's just about make, collecting dough to pay for all the shit that governments waste money on. It seems like. Yeah,
2: it's really. I Same mean, the cops. They ended up getting me uh a couple weeks later, and I served uh, a month of grand jury duty. Ooh. And I really, no, it was wonderful. It's a fantastic experience. I, that's I, I tried so to get so on. Much.
0: I tried to get on mine. They didn't. Oh take, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: I, I would recommend it to anyone. I you know i had always heard that i don't know dr- drugs just make money for the government and whatever and i think it was it was more about i was watching it happen and i really got to understand it's not so, it's not a malicious thing it's just a system that gets built and everyone is getting paid and it's like i'll tell you that the majority of the cases that cuz you know you know Grand jury, you just hear case after case after case after case. You know? uh-huh. So um, the majority of them were all just like $30 crack busts. Yeah, you know, yeah. Buy, buy and bust kind of thing. And that's where it really hit me where there's like, what, 23 grand jurors, and every one of us is getting 40 bucks a day. And there's one or two assistant district attorneys, they're collecting a the check. There's like the cops that are coming in doing overtime so they can come testify. And then those cops are talking about how they're part of a team of, like, seven people doing this bust. And then you have this, you know, low-life piece of shit person who's buying crack. And what are they going to do? They're going to get sent to a terrible place. Probably if they have a job, if they have a place to live, they're going to lose both of those things. And then they're going to come out no better. And every, they're going to, you know, they're going
0: to... We're likely up. worse. We're likely yep. worse. They're going to come back worse.
2: And, and everybody, everybody, one of us has collected money. You know the dirt, the attorneys, the cops, the jurors, the bailiff. You know every one of us is make is making a living off of this person who's yeah. you know got a shit life and it's only getting shittier. Yeah. And it was really—it's a think, weird was, like
0: bridged structure in that like everybody's benefiting, so there's no incentive for anybody to break it down. Right? You know, it's like yeah, it keeps it's, it together. It's a, the money is the glue that holds all that that foundation.
2: Yeah, it really is. I decided uh, about a week or two in that I was I mean, because there were so many situations like that where people, you know all twenty twenty something of us would, you know vote to indict. So I decided that since everyone seemed to be okay with that, I was just going to not in, not vote so that it would be whatever twenty two to one, and at least I I could feel like I wasn't. Uh, you know, I could make somewhat of a statement, and sure enough, man, that's the, the first thing that came out of some guy's mouth. Is, so you think crack should be legal? You know? <laughs> but, but, truthfully, man, it was like, you know, and I, I just t- this stuff that I, I'm telling you, I, I talked with the other jurors about it because you know, you are with the same people for a month, you kind of get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, sure. And uh, we talked a lot about all oh, this situation, and as the weeks went by less and less and less people voted to indict as each of these cases went by. And I remember seeing the same exact kind of case, but for Xanax, not Mm -hmm. crack, you know, and I looked at people's faces and they were like, Xanax, man. I mean, I bet there are people in that room on Xanax that very day. And uh, that one didn't happen. I know, you know, and it's you know, whatever. This is the world we live in. Yeah, and it's it's an unfair world.
0: Well, you know what? That that brings up something that I was talking about yesterday. Like taking the the stance of going against what the status quo of the rest of like a group of people, the jurors in this position, like to to take a stance like twenty to one. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be that one. Like to be like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and step outside of this natural flow that we're all deciding to follow in. And right. usually there's, like, a dominant one, right, the, who, like, sort of gets everybody to go a certain way. And then there's yeah. always that, uh, There almost always is that black sheep who will yeah. be, who I, I definitely relate to, and I am sort of projecting myself in this story. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 man. It happens a lot, and it, it- I don't know, does have, I don't know how else to put it but you're right you're right that that totally is
0: uh And it's important it's important and it's scary to be that person.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: It's not and easy. Really... It it's like you're you're uh bringing another option to the table, but just bringing that option is scary. And then, when yeah. a, you finally let that uh, option be known, then other people <laughs> will jump on with you yeah there 's a yes. really
0: funny video that i 've talked about before on the show uh, at a um, like an outdoor concert, like a big open air venue where there 's one really fucking nerdy kid like dancing uh-huh. around by himself I, I know that video it 's one of the TED but... Talk videos I believe I think it has something to do with the TED Talks, maybe like oh, a guy okay. maybe he used the video as a as a part of his speech or whatever but So eventually a girl comes over and starts dancing with him. And literally the whole lawn section of the stadium, like a huge group of like a hundred people by the end of the song are all dancing together. Yeah. So you see how like sometimes people are okay to take the initiative to also be that black sheep with you. They just don't want to be the first one. And being that first one is a very, it's influential but it is difficult to, to have it like takes balls because you're willing to put yourself out there. One, yep. you're willing to be open to
2: criticism and open to uncertainty.
1: Exactly,
0: because that
2: guy, you know, there's no guarantee that that those hundred people are. You know, I for all I know, it could have been twenty two to one every day of the fucking week. You know, and yeah. vice versa, that guy could have just gotten laughed at. Then, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's the end of it. People will be like, yeah, hey, remember that gotta make a fool of himself you know that's that could happen too it's really you have to be willing to acknowledge gamble it's a gamble right yeah it seems
0: like that's such a commonality in art making or creative endeavors or like even just going into business on your own like deciding a path for yourself and not having it dictated by somebody else is such a gamble and it takes fucking balls to do that shit or it takes just ignoring fear. Maybe that. Maybe balls <laughs> means I- I- ignoring fear or just willing to face it at some point. Yeah. You're right there. Your eye- your eye. F- yeah,
2: one of my eyes. Is contact. Up. Weird yeah. contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one sec. I'm sorry about that. No,
0: you're okay. I'll be right back in one sec. You need to fix it. All right, we'll just talk amongst ourselves. Producer Lex. Yeah.
2: No, that's true. I'm
0: check always- out check out Chris's cat. I've been watching him this whole time. It looks like he's getting ready to attack him. He's sitting on his shoulder in the background. He was looking out the window. Yeah. And uh, he has a, a a tabby cat, gray and black striped cat. Uh, Your cat right, is cool pretty awesome. Up. Yeah. Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> Your cat looks like a wild animal. He's <laughs> yeah. looked over at you a couple of times like he's going to bite you in the neck just from the video. <laughs> I want. Oh, did you man. get? a i think uh, Lex might have got. You got a photo. I, think, yeah. I got a
1: photo, but I don't think of the cat. I don't think I the cat was I almost want to get picture. like
0: a screenshot of him. Um it so rad. No,
1: it's funny because I was doing a white. Oh yeah, his cat's in the picture. Um, I was doing a wise cast before I got here, and Carl's cat was jumping on his shoulder.
0: Yeah, he has a very similar cat too, yeah. right? Gray and black. Is that called a ta- is it a tabby cat? Is that yeah, the, he's a tabby? That's proper terminology. Yeah. I haven't had a cat in a while. I'm a dog guy. Oh, okay, I like cats. I just don't like them around me. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs>
2: no, no, I don't I'm not lost. like them,
0: but I
1: <sighs> No, it's, but maybe I don't it's like I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I think because do you have I, cats? I used to have cats when I was younger.
0: I've, uh, I've owned I grew cats. up with cats. He looks cool as shit. Your cat looks awesome.
2: Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. I, totally... I had a
0: Siamese cat once.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, they're supposed he to looks be uh, really bright, right? <laughs>
0: No, he was dumb as shit. <laughs> I, because I think something about like the inbreeding of the same breed for so long sort of degenerates their their system. Yeah,
2: yeah I agree.
0: So, uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, you, I, it's. I think well, the I last illustration you you had up online, wh- or wh- did it? Tr- it was a video, the Junior Dos Santos one. Yes, was up recently? Yeah. Which uh, I look yeah. at. I, uh, both Lex and I train at the Team Noguera gym here in San Diego.
2: Oh, fantastic!
0: And so that image of Junior throwing the uppercut on Gonzaga, yeah. I uh-huh. look. There's a huge photo of it in the gym that I uh-huh. look up. Like as I'm shrimping up the mat, like I'm like uh-huh. I, I have to look up at it all the time. Like I see it <laughs> while I'm getting choked all the time. <laughs> right, so right, I, right. I love <laughs> yeah. that sequence right there. Is like ing- I think there may be multiple photos around the gym of Junior throwing that uppercut. And he has all that hair too, which is funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So we didn't yes. talk about
0: MMA at all yet. We should I I guess uh, yeah. the Brazil card just happened. Did you did you get a chance to watch that?
2: I did. I did watch a bit. I didn't I missed a couple fights, but yeah, I saw a lot of it. I was Really, really
0: good. Uh,
2: really pleased with uh some of those uh Well, I was really looking forward to the Ryan LaFlair fight and uh-huh. the Brandon Thatch fight. Those were, you know, these are the young guys.
0: Can we talk about uh Vitor? hell yeah what about him i am curious if he could do what he's doing in Brazil in the United States. Well, you know what's um, possible for him
1: Actually, Carl and I were talking about this, so see, he got popped before for banned substance, right uh-huh. uh mm-hmm. the Nevada Commission will not give you an exemption for something that you need to take after you've failed a banned substance test so if he he can he can fight in the in the u s but he can't fight in Nevada,
0: okay. So that's not bad then. Yeah. There's plenty of other places where you could fight. you could find Chicago cuz that was Did did, it get, did MMA get legalized in New York? No. no Still way. illegal. So yeah, it's fucking illegal. crazy, man. Yeah, I know. It's you can go to some dungeons to <laughs> get your ass... Not that they're, they're, that shouldn't be illegal either, but... <laughs> the uh, fact that I've been pe-
2: thinking that... I, I think I might just have to capitalize on it now and make uh, some... You know, just use my imagery with some hashtags, like the hashtag legal someday, uh-huh. you know, or MMA is not a crime. Those are the two I really want to do. And, you know, I kind of felt like... I don't really enjoy being... Uh, provocative or reactionary
4: uh, in my art.
2: You know, I, I like I, I don't I like things to be somewhat timeless and I feel like to take up a cause is also to uh, commit to a time period. Yeah. Which, which in some regards is noble like the Freedom Rides and the Civil Rights Movement and sure. in other times it is not It's just a way of dating yourself, you know? So, but I think I may have to do it now. I may have to do it just because, you know, come on, John Jones is from New York. You know, Ryan LaFleur is from New York. Uh, Dennis Bermudez, Matt Serra, Chris Wyman, you know, come on. Has there been any talk
0: about who John Jones is going to fight next? Do we know? Glover Teixeira? Uh, Yeah, he's going to fight Glover. (laughs) Man, I was not happy with Glover's last performance. He did not uh, yeah. even though he won he but he got rocked by Ryan Bader that mm. a few times. Like it wasn't it wasn't the dominant performance that we had seen in his first couple matches. Not that right. I'm judging. Not judging no, it's all right. just my it's observation. All right. Those guys are all with my ass, I, ass in the yeah. quickness.
2: Yeah, I, I gotta say though, but Glover, I mean, the guy's like I think thirty four years old, you know. This is this is it. This is his yeah. his time to do it. I think the longer they wait on him. You know, I mean, age and father time really have a way yeah. of uh, chipping away in a w- in in ways that are not very perceptible. Also, you know, yeah. you don't realize it until you're you're banging into like somebody like a high school kid, and you're like, "Son, <laughs> yep. of a bitch!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I,
0: I really wanted to see Gustafsson get a another shot, like a rematch, because that fight was so close. Yeah, it typically doesn't go down like that. If you're not the champ, usually the champ gets the rematch. Right,
2: right, exactly. I got to admit, you know, at first I was I when they went to the decision, I knew it could go either way and that I there's there's a certain type of fight where knowing how MMA judging is, I feel like once it's a certain level of closeness, i more hope for a draw than anything else. I think
0: there should be more draws in the MMA. This is something oh, I've made a, a yeah. stick about before. Like yeah. there should there should be more 10-8 rounds, there should and more be... More 10 Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah. I think that people should just get freer with 10-8s and 10-10s and the opportunity for there to be a draw. I don't see any anything wrong with that. Some of the most intriguing fights ever have been draws. All right, two. <laughs> the BJ Penn John Fitch mm-hmm. and the Frankie Edgar uh, Gray Maynard 2 fight. I mean, yeah. the, they're both like... I think they're, I don't want to say they're milestones, but they're captivating moments, you know. I think that, you know, I think that in a way, it was like a win for BJ Penn to change his style, come out and wrestle John Fitch and really shock him and really kind of, you know, uh, I think he earned the draw. And I think that, I mean, Edgar, that was a draw, but it was a win for him. It was yeah. a win to, to come back from so far behind, you know? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think that I agree with you. I'm, I'm more 10-8s, more 10-10s. Yeah, I'd like to see
0: more 10-10s. Like, if, yeah. it, if it's nullified, either way, like if there's a nullification, I, w- I just wish that more judging was, the judges were more apt to be involved in the sport so that they know how to judge properly. Even right. like, they gotta it's get crazy. Cecil
1: People's off of that judging
2: <laughs>
0: yeah he's a funny ref too man his <laughs> refing style is so hilarious i haven't seen him ref in the ufc in a long time
2: no i i don't know if i've ever seen him ref he no. used to
0: he used to be um there was like a chuck norris karate like kickboxing league i've seen him right. ref kickboxing and he he refs um i've seen him ref local mma like small card okay like, local um, mma cards out here in san diego too that's funny, so, dude. Vitor kicked fucking Dan Henderson so hard in the face. Oh, yeah. regardless of whether he's full of testosterone or not, the uppercut was beautiful. Like landed yeah. perfectly, knocked him yeah. back. Like dropped Dan Henderson. Like nobody's dropped him before. Yeah. And yep. as soon as he got up, that kick was in the right place. Like just
1: perfect. Yeah. Just right the right the through floor. his hands. His foot yeah. was like wrapped
2: around his ear. Yeah. It was perfect. Wow. Yeah. It was. It was an um, unbelievable, and I really. You know, it's that... that uh, what is it called? That killer instinct, you know, that yeah. some people have, and they're just going to go for the finish. You and I, psycho it was amazing somewhere. to see him just turn it on. To see that there was blood in the water and decide that he was going to finish this and to go for it. And, you know, that's a risk with a guy like Dan who can uh, who can take a hit. But it was, it was excellent. You know, at a certain level, yes, he's on TRT, but obviously you just need to let this play out. I think that prolonging it and not having him fight for the title only makes the discussion more uncomfortable as time goes by. Yeah. I understand, but they need the big name guys to fight in Vegas. Yeah. That is, you know, they, I don't it just—I understand. Like, look, that's where the fights happen. That's where they want the big names to fight. I understand that that's where their business is, and I can imagine, you know, they're not renting uh, nearly as much. Uh, the overhead is probably not as high when they fight in Vegas as, yeah, as opposed to a sure. fight outside, you know. And I understand you want your biggest guys. I think that's that's where Anderson silver fought Chris Wyman you know. And I imagine let's let's just say for the sake of argument that Silva beats Wyman and then, if you want to do a Vitor rematch for the one eighty five belt against Anderson? You, how can you not have it in Vegas? You know, that's a tough or that's a tough position for them to be in.
0: I've it, been talking about them trying Brazil. to b- to build the stadium show in Brazil with Vitor and Anderson, which I I, I predicted the conspiracy because of that knockout being so strange. Even yeah. though I, I'm I'm convinced anything could be anything but i just Uh concocted the conspiracy that this was all a setup to make a a huge vitor anderson fight in brazil in the stadium because i imagine as a business ufc is raking in a good chunk of change from those trips to brazil i have to imagine because it has so much support the number of people that attend I'm right. sure they're not selling tickets for as much as they would in Vegas, but I imagine that they're breaking in, packing those arenas. I imagine right. they're making a good chunk of change, so I could I could see during uh, World Cup. Anderson actually, World Cup is coming up pretty soon, though, <laughs> so I, maybe not. They might not even want to deal with. I, I know they're having like riots and shit there.
2: Yeah, I wonder what they're gonna do when the Olympics are there too. That's gonna be interesting. The Olympics are in Brazil too. Uh, they yeah they're gonna be there soon in Rio de Janeiro. Oh I'll tell you, shit! I'll tell you one sec.
0: Dang, wow. Rio's popping off. I want to go there bad.
1: Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think we're gonna. Oh, we're trying to go to uh, Machu Picchu this
2: next year. Sweet. Next year in June. Oh, you should. Uh, my girlfriend just came back from there. She so said it was. She loved it. My sister went there as well. So yeah, the Olympics will be in Rio in 2016. Wow. Damn. It's gonna. Be, yeah,
0: I bet you. I bet you 2016 we see Vitor Anderson in a stadium in
1: Rio <laughs> Hopefully by that time uh, MMA would be in the Olympics also. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be mm, weird? I don't know if that will
0: happen. It I don't is. know if it will. I know. It seems so difficult. They almost got rid of the wrestling. Yep.
1: Yeah. They still have boxing in there. What's yeah. the
0: one sport where they fucking broom the ice and throw the little oh, cur- curling. Curling. Yeah. curling? Get the fuck yeah. out of <laughs> here <with> curling. <laughs> Shout out to all my Canadian friends, <laughs> it's all
2: about the It's all about the viewers, though, you yeah. know? That's, that's what it comes down to if they so don't let's, get eyes uh, on them.
0: Let's, uh, let's plug your website, and uh, you're on the yeah. Facebooks and the Twitters so that people can go follow you and find your work that you do?
2: Yes. Uh, most The best is uh, Twitter. Uh, that's at Rini, M-M-A, And my Instagram is Chris underscore Rini, that's C H R I S underscore R I N I. And uh, I'm setting up a Shopify store right now under the name Rini MMA. Nice. And that's where uh, I'm going to, I'm actually, now I finally have some uh, low price merchandise. I have, uh, what is it called? Some posters of, uh, the, I don't know if you've seen the John Jones spinning elbow piece.
0: No, I haven't yet.
2: Oh Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. I think that
0: he throws those elbows trying to hit people in the back of the head. Oh no! Just for the record, that's what I think those are aimed at. Even though he landed some good ones in against Gustafsson Uh, that like hit him square in the forehead. Yeah, I think a majority of those are meant to hit behind the ear.
2: Oh man,
0: John Jones is not one of my favorite fighters. I see, (laughs) (laughs) but he's a fantastic fighter. Don't get me wrong; he's he He is dynamic. super interesting, I, great fights exciting, yeah, I, really good I
2: feel like he's you know, I look at him and I just think that you know, what, what what would I have been like if I had been successful at 24 instead of 34?
0: Oh yeah, I can't even imagine you know, a fucking total shithead, you know, <laughs> you
2: know I, would, I would be a hundred
0: times worse.
2: Yeah, I mean honestly the as soon as I got the Fightland column I just started, you know, seeing like, you know, fuck you, go fuck yourself, <laughs> right terrible. Why yeah. are you sharing your fucking terrible artwork? Oh no, it. comes up. and I was like, oh, of course, you know, anytime, you know, this something good happens, I, someone is going to be like, why isn't that happening for me? Sure, fuck this sure. guy, why, you know, so, and on, when I started getting, uh, when I started, you know, writing for. Fightland, you know, I got approached nonstop. You know, how do I write for Vice? Can I write for Vice? And you know, you know, the advice I gave people is li- literally like, do what I did. Figure out what you do better than everyone else. And fucking do that and do it a lot of it, and then just promote it. And if people notice it, then they'll notice you. I know it sounds like really hokey, but that's literally <laughs> okay. what played out for me. You know, uh, I-, I didn't, I didn't try to get the job they contacted me and when they did an interview of me I you know I knew that this wasn't just a, an interview I mean this is just my this is my job interview and whatever I say to them is going to carry whatever it's it's going to be their impression of me as a person yeah know? sure so really i was ready for it you know i think i had like maybe a, a day or two to prepare and you know they did a great job they made me look good you know, like I gave them a bunch of artwork, and they posted all of it, and they said the article was really well received. Yeah, you
0: just had some stuff on the MMA Hour with uh, Ariel Hawani. That's pretty yep. cool. I, I still fun- need to go listen to the episode. I did. I went and looked, at, like listening uh, to him talk for a second, but I haven't watched the full thing yet.
2: I gotta, I gotta say, the best thing happened. You know, uh, Nick the Tooth. Yeah, yeah. So he's on there promoting a book that he he did about you know about MMA mm-hmm. and UFC. And one of my drawings is actually in his book. Oh, cool. Nice, exciting. And he actually dropped my name to Ariel during his interview. And it just, it was the coolest thing ever, you know. I knew that they were going to say thank you to Chris Rainey, you know, for decorating the set today. But, you know, he, he, he asked Ariel, he was like, do you have Chris Rainey on yet? I was like, I can't believe this, you know. That's it was rad. amazing. You no, know, it was really exciting. You know, some people on Twitter, you're blowing up. <laughs> it's so killer. You know,
1: that's
0: awesome, man. Anyway,
2: so, so that yeah, the work that was physically on the MMA hour this week, that's coming out this week on Fightland. As you know, I, I asked them if I could do a larger than normal article. Mm-hmm. So I normally do say five to six wood, woodwork pieces per article. Uh-huh.
0: And that's a lot uh, of work for. But then again. Lot. You're also in the, the world of creating the fine art, too, like those pieces. Are you, are you going to sell the fine art pieces online as well? Is that available to people if they want to purchase something?
2: Yes, uh, they are. I'm, I mostly do commission work for yeah. when it comes to the woodwork. Because the thing is, because I do all my work in series... Oftentimes somebody will contact me and be like, Oh yeah, I want that one and I you know, I'm not gonna get stuck with, you know, like a side shot takedown, you know, that no one wants just right. because they want the knockout punch piece. You yeah. know, it's like I, yeah. the series is the series, you know, and you either buy the whole thing or you don't. So what I normally do is I find out what their favorite fight is, their favorite fighter and you know, I do. I start at two hundred fifty bucks. I try and keep it as low as I possibly can, and I've been really happy. Most people want something a little more than that. They want it bigger. They want full color. They want the octagon and the crowd in there. So, I've been doing commission work like that, and it's been really fun. I really enjoy that. The more freedom people give me, honestly, the better work they get. You know, yeah. Just like, and, and, and the number one thing, people. I want to see both their faces, whoever it is that they want. Like, uh, I want to see both the guy's faces both it's standing really-
0: facing the camera. Yeah, that <laughs> happens in a fight a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardest, the hardest one. I actually had to get another artist who's more talented than I am with Photoshop <laughs> to to help me get like to basically like I made the the arrangement, and then they went online and found. Better faces, you know, uh-huh. and superimpose them on the composition that I had made so I could actually have this With- thing work out because they wanted George St. Pierre head kicking Matthews, where you could see both of their faces. I was like, but oh they're facing Lord. each other. Yeah. This can't work. And <laughs> not only
0: that, but people don't realize how different they look in motion. Like people just change what they look like. You, your yeah. eyes change, your face change, yeah. your mouth changes, and it, you have to look a certain way to make knowing that it's that person but that's actually something I wanted to bring up to you before we get out of here was having that ability to make these images which Uh, uh, particularly the animations like some uh of the animations you don't see the face all the way and you're getting a sort of uh, a line drawing of a drawn down two dimensional image from a 3D image but when you get all the pieces in succession and see the movements or a particular way somebody punches you know who it is Without having to necessarily see their face, like there's a number of your pieces I was looking at that may not be if you cropped a certain section may not be intelligible as to who that person specifically was, but in the context of their motion, which is very interesting to look at martial arts in that way, like the way people move is very specific to to certain people. Like the there's certain way this is like the uppercut with from junior like. I, I could look at just the arm movement and know exactly who that was every time.
2: Yeah, 100%. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's, and I learned this as I was going along that it is extremely difficult to do action shots with good likenesses. It is just the most difficult thing <laughs> yeah. because, you know, and what I've been doing now, uh, as, as, you know, as time goes by, I've just been pairing really good portraits with action shots, you know, instead of trying to make the action shots have good uh, likenesses in them. It's just torture it on my end. It's it's awful because the action it's more about you you're doing a portrait of an athlete, you know, performing an athletic feat.
3: Right. And
2: like you said, it's about the motion. It's really about their body weight and the way they carry themselves and the likeness of their facial recognition is not what's important. But it's yeah. hard it's hard to to convey that. You know, if you look at every single uh, frame from that Anderson Silva Forrest Griffin piece, not every one of those looks like Anderson Silva and Forrest Griffin. And some of them, I purposely make them more expressive and more you know, conveying motion or or like, you know, I come from I, I have a strong affinity for comics so there are certain techniques and tricks Uh that i like from certain artists that i'll use to convey a facial expression that is in no way like uh, what a human being looks like but it is what a human being's facial expression looks like
0: i love the wood grain in that piece how the wood grain moves throughout the thing yes Yes, every ten frames that.
2: it perfectly goes across. You can follow the grain. I I almost feel like ah, I guess I got to get a really long, long piece, you know? And yeah, right. Do that. I've been playing around with uh, what is it called? You know the Kat Zingano, uh, misha Tate fight.
0: Uh huh. I'm pissed that uh, Bisha Tate got to be the coach on. This I, know, show. I know, I know, but she's actually
2: like she's really pulled her weight on the show this uh, this season. Yeah, so she I, seems
0: to be a good coach.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I've been playing around with that. I would love to do that ending sequence because I'd I'd like to do an article about you know women winning fight of the night. You know that would be a real exciting uh, animation to do. So All right, you it. have
0: to do it now. You just said it on the podcast, I, so it's like oh, it, you kidding? Uh, there...
2: I, hold on, hold on. It's way right here. You'll, I'll show you a little. I'll give you a sneak preview. All right,
0: nice,
1: nice.
2: I've uh, I've already done the test frames for it. You
0: oh, ill dang
2: so those that's pretty fucking small too that's drawing yeah uh ink? yeah this is ink and pencil Uh huh. this is uh woodburn and see and you can see ch- it right there
0: you could see like their personalities almost in the way that they grapple it's so oh, strange
2: yeah. yeah i you know it's funny i you know i'm more familiar say with striking you know just because it's uh whatever it's a part of the uh the American uh, uh-huh. landscape. You yeah, know? Uh, every here. movie has a fight in it. Yeah. But I actually really enjoy uh, my grappling imagery a lot. I think it's actually... Do you train? Uh, I've died, yeah, three months of BJJ and then one of my knees gave out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my knees were a, aching today. Yeah, I have a... I have a pretty shitty injury. from. I used to be really into cycling, and I took a really bad fall, and I have some problems with my, my back, my knee, my hip. Forget it. I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a shame. But it was the- nice. Honestly, I loved, uh, I loved BJJ. I did it for a couple months last year. And actually, I did it – I joined right before all this stuff started happening. Oh, man.
0: Well, at least you got a little sort of a head start. Because I, what I was going to say is that if you do train – and it's something that happened, like, I watched MMA long before I trained. Like, I was a huge fan. After I started training, and I don't train MMA, I just train jiu-jitsu specifically. Yeah. But I've trained yeah. Muay Thai before. Lex is also a Muay Thai practitioner. Okay. Uh, yep. I saw, I was able to look at the moves in a different way. Like, now, like, even lately, like, I'll see something happen that I would have never picked up beforehand. Right, In right. certain situations. And, you know, like, for you in searching out these these certain uh, movements and actions, it seems like having that knowledge would make that e- maybe even more fun.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. There are the things that I look for. You know, there are certain things that I I know I would never have uh, sought out originally, and now it's like I, I mean I like when they're clinching against the fence. That's a great. There's so like this whole uh, microcosm of activity going yeah. on. It makes for really good drawing. I, lo- I love like the, the just the weight of two humans against each other, and and people and who've s-
0: never been in that position have no idea how exerting or like what that position is about. Oh, yeah. like, what oh, type yeah. of strenuous activity that is when it looks like people are just stalling against the fence. Right, right. right. So PS, remember... PSA for all MMA yeah. watchers. Yeah, that yeah. hard. Don't be
1: booing when someone's on the cage.
0: Yeah, just stop booing altogether. BSA, <laughs> stop booing. Unless it's like yeah. your, your least favorite fighter and they're walking out. Throw them some booze. Right. then, but when they're fighting, no more boos. Yeah,
2: Seriously. I would I only know. boo if Boo the ref. Yeah, booing boo the, the ref, ref is
0: okay. Yeah.
2: Every once in a while, though, there would be a really interesting fight. And if if you ever get a chance, watch Couture versus Lesnar. And the crowd is dead silent. It's like they really, it's almost as though people knew that something really uh, important or transitional was happening yeah. in front of them. And people are quiet. And every punch, there's like a gasp or a cheer. Yeah, I remember. It's, really, it's a, a really interesting uh, fight. I mean, Were they at the joint for that fight? At the joint? Yeah,
0: at the hard rock, the, at the joint.
2: Uh, you I feel know, like I was they just were in l- one of those smaller up. rooms,
0: which may, like, it's weird watching tough, like when the room is totally quiet and you can hear the whole fight in that auditorium. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of you know, uh, that. I know I am, too. Uh, no,
2: no, it was at the MGM Grand.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, I've seen fights there. It's a big, big spot. Um, today, I think today or yesterday was the 20th anniversary of Hoist Gracie winning Yep. The UFC Today's one already. today,
2: huh? Yeah. So
0: well, yeah, shout oh, yeah. out to Hoyce Gracie.
2: Yeah. Oh let me let me put this out there. Definitely. Uh the my UFC one artwork will be coming out this week on oh, hey. Fightland. And Beautiful. this really awesome I asked them to have a different writer write it for me this time. normally I write my own column, but uh-huh. I ended up doing uh, 16 pieces for this article, and I knew I just wasn't gonna have the I mean I was exhausted by the time I was done, I was like like I haven't done artwork in like three days or four days or something like that because I've just been totally tired. you know. From... Are you
0: irking to get back to it?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm actually actually before I met up with you guys. Uh, I was researching what I'm going to do for my next article. And, I mean, I there's a lot of good ones to choose from. November's, November and December are really good months. I don't even know how I'm ever going to... I, I don't know how I'm ever going to fill up December. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> it, check the, just these two alone, right? Uh, Shinya Aoki, the one where he the one where he snaps that guy's arm and has the total freak out he gives him the finger and he runs around the <laughs> yeah, ring yeah. Uh, that's just like a really I mean that's one that's going to be so much fun to do and then the Ryo Chonin flying scissor heel hook yeah, yeah. on but I mean I, I have to animate that one I can't do that in stills yeah so. you have
0: to see the movement of how bizarre like a flying leg lock looks I don't yeah. think I've seen anybody do it like that since. I think he I've seen him do things similar.
3: Yeah, but, but I, never
0: yeah. anything
2: so smooth.
0: Cool man. Well, uh I'm excited to see what uh what all comes ahead. I'm uh I'm stoked Thanks that you much. you found a niche and are are running with it. You seem to be having fun and uh best of luck and uh congrats on all the big stuff that's happening for you.
2: Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure being here. And, uh, I'll, you know, anytime if I got some new stuff going on, you are be happy to share it with you guys. So yeah, really we'd love it. to see it. And yeah. we, we try to um,
0: keep up with everybody who's been on the show and post their stuff on the Facebook when they're doing new stuff. And uh, we'll post your articles nice. and shit and all that. Goodness. Oh,
2: dude, thank you very much. And, and vice versa, if you have stuff going on, let me know, and I'll I'll put it out there as well.
0: For sure, Chris. Let's do Internet
2: Dap. Okay. Hey, some knuckles look- oh. on the screen. Bam. Got nice. Got it. Alright, brother, I want to
0: thank you again for, uh, for taking the time to shoot the shit with us. I appreciate no it. No problem. I'm going to send
2: you something. Not, not, I don't know if I want to share it with everyone, but I'm going to send you uh, a link to a YouTube video. It's a concert uh, from like 11 years ago back when I was in a band. before Oh, I was, nice. Maybe you get a kick out of it. Alright, All right.
0: sounds good. I'll, I'll look forward to hearing it. Alright, All right, brother. Later.
2: Your headphones are just starting to crap out. <laughs> the timing is perfect.
0: Good. Alright, man.
2: Have a good day. You too, thank you.
4: All right, then. Yeah. Dwayne Way, three dice Zillow, three card Molly. Labor Day parade. Rest in peace, Bob Marley. Statue of Liberty. Long live the World Trade. Long live the King. Yo, I'm from the Empire State. That's Blinders, so they could step out of bounds quick. The sidelines is blind with casualties who so sit the life casually, leading, gradually become worse. Don't fight the apple eve going up in the in crowd. Now you're in style, and in the winter gets cold. In vogue with your skin out city of sin, it's a pity on a whim, good girls going bad, the city's filled with them, mommy took a bus trip, now she got a bust out, everybody ride her, just like a bus route, hell Mary to the city, you're a virgin, and Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church in, came here from school, graduated to the high ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight, empty and May, got you feeling like a champion, the city never sleep, better slip you an ambient, and